This is part two of a series that I have entitled Brainwashed. Brainwashed. Because I like to make it really hard for you to invite your friends to church. <laughs> what are you all learning about? Well, we're being brainwashed. But the, the idea is, I mean, most of the time when we think of being brainwashed, it's, it has a negative connotation. But if we stop and think about it, we're being brainwashed all over the place in, in your environment. You are a product of your environment, whether you want to, to believe it or not. Something is causing us to make every decision. And when you start to realize that, even marketing, I mean, companies spend billions of dollars trying to make your decisions for you. Now, Starbucks is a good example. Starbucks, hold on some of you, but Starbucks is not the best coffee out there. But we drink it anyway. Why? Because it's everywhere. It's convenient. It's, it's on every corner. And then the way they market, it's like, I want to be cool like that girl over there. So then I, I'm going to get that. And I'm going to wear my big hat and leather boots and all, what all y'all girls do. Anyway, the, uh, Budweiser's a good example. We're not supposed to talk about that in church. But Budweiser's not the best beer out there. But it's one of the top-selling beers because they bought the, the, shelving, the shelves at eye level. So that's what you see. And Budweiser's making some of your decisions for you. Starbucks is... <laughs> Some of, Starbucks is making some of your decisions for you. And you, when you realize that, that I am a product of my environment, it, it causes you to be more intentional with the decisions you make. And it's not always a bad thing to be uh, swayed or, or convinced of things because of the, the environment you're around, but at least know why you're going down a path that you're going down. And that's what I want for Grace Life Church. I don't want us to just believe things because that's what our denominations always believed, or that's what my pastor said growing up, or this is what my family believes. I mean, a lot of it's probably really good, but if we go back and rethink stuff and know why we believe what we believe, then we'll have that sure foundation built on the right things, built on Christ, built on the love of God, and then we can go about things in a much easier way. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I used to, whenever I was in high school, I was like this punk rock kid. I think I've destroyed all evidence of it at this point. I thought, should I bring a picture? I don't think they exist anymore. I had the, I, I just, I didn't, I want to go against the norms of society. I'm not going to be swayed. I've always been how I am, kind of. It's like, I'm not just going to accept what you say. Just because you say it, I'm, I'm going to question everything, as we should. And I, but in this attempt to be different and not like this mainstream, I get into punk rock and I start wearing black everything, baggy pants. Some of y'all wore the baggy pants, right? Some of you, you did, all right. And, and like ridiculous, it's, it's crazy. You couldn't even see your shoes, they were so big. And, and I had these leather bracelets with spikes on them. <laughs> and like the necklace with spikes on it. I used to have hair and uh, I probably fell out because I dyed it so many different colors. But the funny thing is, in my attempt to be different than the norms of society, I started to fit in with this other group. And we all look the same, right? And it's just, it's, it's silly is what it is. It, it, it just is. So whether we want to admit it or not, we're a product of our environment. And sometimes it's good, uh, sometimes it's bad. But I think we all need a good brainwashing. 
Let's get rid of the filth. Let's get rid of the, the stuff that shouldn't be there and just start fresh. Let's rethink. Let's go back to the beginning and rethink everything. That's what repent means. Change the way you think. Change your mind. Question things. Ask. I mean, I've, I've talked to some of you in this room right now that have told me that you've never been to a church where questioning things is encouraged. I don't want you to take my word for anything. I want you to find out for yourself. And then eventually you'll find out that I'm right. But I want you to know that, this, that, that you, we have that freedom. You're not questioning God. It's not, God's not mad at you for questioning things. You should go and know why you believe what you believe. That way, whenever something comes against you, you are, you're standing firm in that. When the storms come, because they will, you will stand strong in the middle of it because you know not just that you believe something, but why you believe it. All right? Okay, so uh, last week... I'm just going to do a quick recap here. Last week we talked about how it is our belief system, specifically our religious belief system, that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. We like to blame a lot of other things, the devil or the world or a whole bunch of other things, but nine times out of ten, it's none of that. It is our own stinking thinking. It's our own belief system that is stealing, killing, and destroying us. So now, knowing that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly, we can shift our belief system and experience that instead of just allowing whatever life throws at us to happen. Whatever will be, will be. No, you are a child of God. You have the power that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of you. We don't have to just accept everything that the world throws at us or the devil or whatever you want to put the blame on. We have the power to respond accordingly. Will you put John 16:33 in the Amplified up, please? One of my favorite go-tos with this uh, type of message. I've told you thing, these things, this is Jesus talking, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Those things are going to happen. If you think just because you're a believer, nothing bad's ever going to happen to you, uh, think again. Think again, my friends. And I don't know if anyone really thinks that, but just in case, you're going to have it. Tribulation, trials, distress, frustrations. But thank God the verse doesn't stop right there. Thank God what Jesus was saying. Didn't, he didn't stop with that. Like, man, things are going to kind of suck. Bye. No, he says, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. It doesn't mean that the world's not going to try to harm you. It doesn't mean that things aren't going to try to come against you, but you can still be of good cheer. And you can be undaunted. You ever have a decision that's like, it seems like Mount Everest standing right in front of you, and it's this daunting decision that you have to make? He says you can be undaunted. You don't have to worry about those things. Yes, I'm not saying that there's not tough decisions and, and things that have to, you have to handle, but your heart behind it or your mindset behind it can be, it should be exciting. We can look at trials and tribulations and all these things, distress and frustration, as, as defeat or obstacles, or we can look at it as opportunities to show off. Let God show us off. Amen. Isn't that good? And so... All right, so that, that's, that's the mindset that we get to have. That's our starting place. Isn't that exciting? 
That is so exciting. So I, I, last week we talked about the parable of the lost son. And, and without going into too much detail, there's actually two sons in that story. Not as many people talk about the second son. But it's just a, a picture of, of the church, mostly. And some of us are just, we don't understand the heart of God. And so we run away and we want nothing to do with them. And then there's the other one that's been working and stayed his entire life and is frustrated because he's not experiencing the father's love either. There's two sons, one left, one stayed, both were lost. And so if we, and, and the, the, the son that left wanted his inheritance right then, and in that culture, the, in the Jewish culture, the, the younger son got one-third inheritance. The, the older son got two-thirds. So right away, both sons were limiting what the father wanted for each of them. One got one-third, one got two-third. The father wanted them both to have 100%. And if we understood the heart of the father, understood that he's always wanted that for his children, that we, that we have an inheritance to be lived out today, heaven on earth. We don't have to wait till heaven to experience it. We get an inheritance after someone else dies, not after we die. This is stuff that we get to experience today. That's when life gets really good. And that's what I want for all of us at Grace Life Church. So in a nutshell, that was a quick recap. Thank you. So I want to talk a little bit about some things. And, and this series is, is kind of starting. Last week was a, an overview of why this is important. Today, I kind of want to talk about what, where we misplace things sometimes. So I want, to, I want to tell us what not to do before we get into what to do. So come back next week for probably a better message than today. And, but I, I think most of us, what we do is we've made certain things the goal. And even though like we have the best of intentions, we're making healing a goal. And so I've, I've been battling something and I, I, I'm going to start speaking to my mountain now. And the goal is healing. Or Finances. I'm going through something I want, I want to, to really see a miracle or a breakthrough in my life. So we have this goal. And if we suddenly get all spiritual with everything at that point, when our back's against the wall and we need a miracle or we need that breakthrough, I think we've, we've missed the point altogether. So if our goal is healing, but, in, but Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2, who himself bore our sins, in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Maybe we've missed something. Because it's not, the goal isn't to try to get healed, it's to realize that you already are. Right? And we'll get to why we don't maybe experience it here in a minute, but first get to a point where it's like, wait a second, maybe I'm aiming for the wrong things. And we have these healing ministries and these big services and these conferences where everyone's got to run down to the altar so the man of God can lay hands on you, and then boom, a miracle could happen. But maybe a miracle can happen at home? I mean, I've been saying stuff that is not supposed to grow churches. I should not say this stuff. I'm telling you. Uh, but I'm letting you in. It's like those, those sales pitches. I'm telling you something no one's supposed to know. But uh, you can get healed at home. On a train, in the rain, in a box with a fox, you can get healed anywhere. You don't need a certain person to touch you or to breathe on you. You've seen that? I've seen that. And uh, it's just like, lick, I saw a guy and stick it in their ear to heal their 
ears. Some of y'all are like, amen, that's good. I'm like, mm, don't do that to me. I'd rather be deaf, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, maybe the goal isn't healing. Maybe we're chasing the wrong things or, or to be blessed. I just want to be blessed by God. And you can fill in the blank with anything at that point. It's financial blessings or peace or joy or love or, or, or self-control. I just want to experience, experience the promises of God, the blessings of God. But then why did the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1 verse 3 say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who... Oh, boy, another past tense. And if, if we look at really all of the new covenant, new covenant, it's all past tense. So many of the things that we're shooting for and have made our goal, God's saying, you already have it. That's within you. So we're chasing after something and we're skipping these steps thinking that we're, we're trying to become something or attain something and we're ignoring what we're in possession of. And if we could just wrap our minds around that, then we'll start to experience more. Another big goal that people has is just heaven, trying to get to heaven. And I'm going to hang on for dear life till somewhere, someday I can get there. Hopefully I've been good enough. Or, you know, like I don't think people in our church think that. We know that it's, it's Jesus and not our performance, but we still have this mindset that maybe, I mean, I just can't wait till I get the new glorified body and I can leave the pain of this world. But Jesus, or Luke wrote this it's about Jesus, Luke 17. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. That is good. I'm telling you, it's good because we're, we're, we're just hanging on and I'm just dealing with stuff. And life's hard and, and work is hard and, and we just got to get through and, and this is just how it's got to be. But man, at least we have something to look forward to. We don't have to wait. The kingdom of God is within you. You're already blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Actually, if you look at the Greek of Ephesians 1.3, it actually should say, uh, blessed be, put that up there. I just went blank. But <laughs> blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven. That's a more accurate way of reading that verse. All of heaven's blessings you've been blessed with, all the promises. And keep reading in, in Ephesians 1. I highly encourage it. Read it every day this week. It just lists it out. You're accepted in the beloved. You're holy and blameless in the sight of God. All these things that we're trying to become or trying to attain, we're already in possession of and we already are. But if we don't see ourselves in possession of that, if we don't see ourselves as somebody who is already all the things we're trying to become, we're never going to experience out here. We're skipping steps. And we've made the goal healing where healing should be our starting place. We've made our goal prosperity where prosperity should be our starting place. Peace, our, our, we're making that a big thing, and that's our starting place. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a life where money or lack of it is holding you back anymore? Can you imagine where sickness isn't the excuse of why you can't step forward into something new? Or pain? Or depression? Or anxiety? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? 
Because if you can't imagine it, you're not going to experience it. You have to see it in here before you see it out here. But you can only see it out here whenever you start to realize what God has done, that your sins don't outweigh the power of the cross. We're living life like the cross never happened. Thanks, Julia. I, I'm, I, this pumps me up. Because this is, I mean, we're, we're trying so hard to become something, but really, we already are all of these things. If we go back to Luke 17, this is Jesus talking. It says, now when he was asked by who? The Pharisees. The Pharisees. That's interesting. He says to the Pharisees before the cross that the kingdom of God is within you. Because we think we're special. I'm a believer. They're not. If you don't know, that's the religious people of that day. They were against what Jesus was doing and who he was. And he's, they ask him about the kingdom. He says, it's within you. We're in possession of it, always have been. That's who we were created to be. Now, believe it so you can experience it. It's by grace through faith. You're not going to believe or you're not going to experience something that you don't believe. That's why I don't argue with people, because I believe God wants you well. I believe in that power. I believe in, in miracles. I believe in miracles. And I think that was the first time I ever sang up here. Look at me growing, April. Thanks, guys. And but I believe in that stuff. I don't even remember why I said that now, but I believe in it. So there you go. Uh, but... I think it's better. What if we lived a life where we don't need a miracle? Maybe we just lived in the blessing. We don't need to believe for a financial breakthrough. We're just living in that, that prosperity. Prosperity means different things to different people. We talked a little bit about that on Wednesday night up here. Y'all should come. Six o'clock, Wednesday night, right here. But it, it was, it's... We get this idea that, oh, it's just another one of those prosperity preachers and all that. No, prosperity doesn't mean necessarily that we all need to be millionaires, but I, I'm definitely not a poverty preacher. I'll tell you that much. If, if money's making your decisions for you, meaning, oh, I can't go on that trip. I can't afford it. I can't, I can't leave this career that even though I'm not happy and I know I'm created for something better than this, I can't leave it because it pays well. We're missing it. I don't want to look back on my life and look at all the decisions I made based on chasing a job, making, letting money make my decisions for me. I don't think that's what God wants for any of us. But we have to break free of the, those norms of society. Stop letting society tell us what the American dream is supposed to look like. Buy the nice car, get the big house, wear the nice clothes. I got this thing, this is a personal personal conviction, but I really try to avoid wearing brand names. I'm, like, I'm not advertising for you. I'm advertising for Jesus, but uh, <laughs> I just don't, that's just how I am, but uh, it's, it's, I don't, I don't want to not be able to do things because I can't afford it, and when you can, but it starts with seeing yourself as someone who is successful already, even though you might not see it out here yet, I mean, God called Joseph when he was a slave on the auction block, successful, it says he was successful, why? 
because the Lord was with them. Then what was in here, eventually, the outside caught up to what was inside. So first you have to see yourself that way. You got to see yourself as prosperous, whatever that means to you. And then it'll start to follow suit. I used to be very uncomfortable around people who made a lot of money because I thought they were up here and I was down here. So I just kind of, I wouldn't contribute to the conversation and that sort of thing. And then I started to see myself. It's like, eh, I'm just, I'm better than them anyway. So, <laughs> so it's just, you, you got to start to see yourself. That's the point. You got to see yourself. And it has nothing to do with how much you've done in the past, how much you've given. It has nothing to do with any of that. There was a time, I mean, when we first moved here from Colorado, we had an apartment in uh, Conroe at first for the first 10 months. And Laura was pregnant with Ruby. And from the outside, this looked like a terrible decision. We left stability. We were youth pastors. She, made, she had a, a good job. I was a Bible college student. And, and everything was good in Pueblo, Colorado. But we just felt like we were supposed to come down here. And we came down here, and we were broke as a joke. Ann and Daniel are here, Laura's sister. And, and we, I remember we couldn't pay our phone bill. It's like 200 bucks. We had to borrow 200 bucks from them. We paid them back, didn't we? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we, it was just, it was bad. And I don't think it was, I mean, I know it wasn't God. We made poor choices. We didn't steward our finances well and all that. But in that, I remember Laura was seven or eight months pregnant, getting ready. We're getting ready. And we were dependent on her. I was director of a Bible college, and I didn't make hardly anything. It was like $1,400 a month or something, not a livable wage. And I was sitting at our, I remember, I can see it in my mind. I was sitting at our dining room table, and she came in, is in that apartment, and she was just crying. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. I got, I'm about to have a baby, and how, how are we going to afford to live? So we sat down, and we realized, okay, what do we need? We need 2500 so you can take four weeks off. We, this was our prayer. We said, we're believing for $2,500. That was it. That, we didn't even, no amen, dear, no Father God, most holy, all that. It wasn't that. It was just, all right, let's believe for $2,500. She called Anna. We're believing. She's like, I'll believe with you. And that was it. Nobody else in the whole wide world knew. So I go to the school the next day, and then one of the students came up and hands me an envelope a thick envelope. I was like, he's like, wait till you get home and open this with your wife. So I went to my office and I opened the envelope immediately. <laughs> Guess what was in it? 2,500. In this time, we had not been giving, we hadn't been doing all the stuff you're supposed to do. But we know, we knew that God was our provider, even though we hadn't followed every rule to a T. And then it, I, I remember, because it was an extension school, it was just video. So they're in, in class, and I'm, oh, well, she was on the phone with me when I opened it, and she's crying, and we're all, I don't cry because I'm a man, but I was touched, you know? <laughs> and so I go into the class, and, and <laughs> they were watching one of the, the classes, Greg Moore, I remember, and he said, if you're believing God for $1,000, well, I mean, is it going to bankrupt heaven if, if you believe for two? I was like, no. 
And I, I mean, I've been in those classes. I, they recorded, I mean, you could see my bald head. I had hair, but I had a bald spot. You could see it in the video. And so I was like literally there when he said it live. But it hit me different this day. And I said, no, I called Laura. I was like, I'm believing for another thousand. So you can take six weeks off. And that was on a Monday. And by Friday, through different people, they had just given us $1,000, just randomly handing us that money. And she was able to take six weeks off of work. And it's just, whenever you start to see God is who God is and see yourself as someone deserving to receive it, things just start to change. Even though we hadn't been given, even though we were poor stewards with our finances at that time, we gave off of that and we started something at that point. But leading up to that, we weren't doing that good. And God is, that's where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. It doesn't matter. Don't, don't disqualify yourself from the blessings. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heaven. The only way you're not going to receive it is by disqualifying yourself in your own mind. Then you can walk through life completely different. Those big decisions that you're supposed to be making, just it ain't no thing. Because why? Even if you step out and that was, not the, that was a wrong move, you're still blessed. Ain't no thing. Just change it. It's not that big a deal. You get hung up on stuff. We got to keep the main thing the main thing. Who you are and whose you are. And everything else will just kind of flow from that. But we, we go after, we're chasing stuff. We're chasing a healing. We're chasing conferences. We're looking for that certain person to have a word, a prophetic word over us. You have the same Holy Spirit that that person does. You, me and you and anybody else, we all have the same Holy Spirit. You don't need that. I'm not saying that there's not value in those services, but if that's what you're chasing after, you're chasing after signs and wonders, Jesus said signs and wonders will follow us, not the other way around. Amen. We should be experiencing the signs and wonders, but we shouldn't be chasing after them. Jesus talks about this in... Uh, Matthew 7. He says, Not everyone who says to me, this is a scary one for some people, by the way. Let me preface it. It's not scary. Perfect love cast out fear. Y'all be all right. But not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Dun, dun, dun. And I've, I've, been, I've been in services where it's like, oh, I just want, I hope when I see Jesus face to face, he doesn't turn his back on me. I never knew you. That's not the heart of God. That's not who he is, and that's not what this is saying. So he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Where is the kingdom? It's within you. This isn't talking about if I do everything the right way, if I practice this lawlessness, I'm not getting to heaven. But you're not going to enter in. You're not going to partake of kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because he says... You'll say, uh, verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and all the stuff I just read. So they're saying the right things. They're saying, Lord, that it seems like they're doing the right things. Every, they're, they're 
from the outside looking in, it looks like these folks have it all together, but they've missed it somewhere. He says in verse 23, I never knew you. That's where they missed it. Not, I used to know you, but then you practiced some lawlessness and now I don't know you anymore. Depart from me. No, I never knew you. So you were out there doing all the right stuff from, from the outside, but you missed the point. I never knew you. That's, that's the will of the Father, to know him. When Paul in Ephesians 3, we don't have to go there right now, but Paul prays for the Ephesians. He doesn't pray for their healing. He doesn't pray for a financial breakthrough. He prays that they are rooted and grounded in the love of God. Amen. Healing is a fruit of that. It's a result of that. Financial abundance is a result of that. Peace and joy, good cheer, that's all a result of that. But we can't skip that step. Because you might experience some of it. They experienced some of it where, with the prophesying and the casting out demons and many wonders. They experienced some really cool stuff. But there's just that missing element. I never knew you. We're looking to do all this stuff. And he's like, just, just know me. Just believe. In John 6, I don't, did I give this to you? John 6, 28. Then uh, they said to him, what shall we do? That's what we always say. Just tell me what to do. What shall we do? That we may work the works of God. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. We want all this stuff. We, wanna, we want services that are just wild and people running around and the tambourines and the gold dust falling from the ceiling. And that's, in our minds, evidence of a good service or, oh, the, really, the spirit really moves in that church. And if it doesn't, then, eh. I've been to a service, many services, but one in particular where we were worshiping, and it was good, real good. Band was good, not as good as ours, but pretty good. And, it's not, and uh, I'm just like, whatever. It was kind of loud, but other than that, it was good. And um, I was just, I had my eyes closed, and then I just hear people yelling, going crazy. And I open my eyes, and people are like, look. And you look up, and gold dust is falling from the ceiling. I'm like, ooh, I've never seen this before. I've heard of it. I've never seen it before. This is, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't believe in this. What? And then it's like, okay, what's going on here? Everyone's freaking out. And then for like two songs, which at that church was like 45 minutes. And uh, it was like falling and things were whip, whipping around. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? And then the pastor finally got up and, and they at that church had flags and all sorts of stuff there. And what, what had actually happened is one of the flag people, uh, uh, nothing wrong with it, just don't take that in a negative way. But they had rubbed the, the glitter all over their flag. They took it, brought it from home and then started whipping it around. And then the glitter got caught up in the vents and it just started circulating around the room. I mean, maybe gold dust is a thing. I don't know. I'm not, if that's your thing, whatever. I, that's not the point. The point is, everyone was just pretty calm until they saw what they thought was this supernatural gold dust falling from the sky. Why can't we get just as excited without the gold dust? 
We're looking for something. Jesus says the kingdom isn't something to look forward to. See here, see there's something within you. And if all we're doing is chasing something, we're never going to experience the fullness of the kingdom. That's what our, our focus at Grace Life Church is. What, I, want, I don't care about having a wild service. I don't, if people think that the spirit doesn't move because people aren't sprinting around the room, then go find somewhere that does. And I don't mean that to sound mean, but that's just the reality. I want us to really grasp the gospel, really grasp the kingdom and grow in it and take it out there and experience it in business, in politics, in education, in entertainment. We don't need crazy services. We need to change the world. We need to expand the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Not just in this building. What's the point of that? So we all feel better about ourselves? Ha! Huh. <laughs> Will you put uh, Romans 1.16? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation. Then we, we read that. For it's the power. That means healing. That means people, I, I just walk by and I just, my shadow. When, I, when you walk by my shadow, people are just like, boof, falling out. And we're laughing and rolling. And some of you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but I've been there. It's been there. And, and so it's like, that's what we focus on, the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, for also the Greek. That means everybody. Next verse. For in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So there is power in this. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's all the, the, and the signs and wonders will follow us, but it comes from an understanding of the righteousness of God. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed and the power of God is released from that. And then we, as the, the people who know what we possess, know that we're in possession of the kingdom, know that we're already blessed and, and everything that we need for life and godliness is on the inside of us where we don't have to go from service to service and conference to conference seeking a, a certain person to bless our life or to speak into our life. We know it, then we can go out into the world and we can be that for somebody else. These signs and wonders aren't meant for us, they're meant to, to change the world for people that need it, but we shouldn't need it. But then, I'm not saying you're never going to battle things. When your back's against the wall, we have that power to speak to our mountains, to, to do that. So it's not that I'm against it. I'm saying that we shouldn't be dependent on it. We should know that we're already in possession of this stuff, and we release it. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We work it from the inside out. All this stuff is in side of you. The person you wish you were, you are that person. That you're, you don't have to become who you think God wants you to be. You already are. But you've buried it with a bunch of lies or just unbelief or ignorance or whatever it might be. So get all that out of the way and let salvation come to the surface. Salvation, that's everything. The word salvation in Greek, sozo, is wholeness, completeness, healing, prosperity, all of it. Amen. It's all there within you. You don't need all that in heaven. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with today. So work it out. 
How do you work it out? We're going to go into more detail, but the simple answer is Hebrews 4.10 and 11. Labor into his rest. Stop striving. Stop trying to become and enter into his rest, into the, the finished work of the death, burial, and resurrection. If you want something to do, do that. Put everything you have in that relationship with God, knowing who he truly is, that he's not uh, the bad guy. He's not mad at you, never has been, never will be. He's not holding your sins against you, your sins and lawless deeds. He remembers no more. He's separated you from your sin as far as east is from the west. Stop giving the sin power and start giving, putting the power back in your identity in him. And that salvation will start to come out. Get all the lies out of the way. Get all the lies, all the negative stuff that you believe about yourself. Get it out of the way because it's not true. If I heard my kids say some of the stuff that we say about ourselves, I would be heartbroken about our appearance, about our whatever, <laughs> mental capacity. I'm dumb. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm old. I'm young. I'm too skinny. I'm all of it. And if I heard my kids talk the way that we talk, I would be just devastated. So, oh man, all right, I'm going to, I'll hurry, okay? The first step, it sounds like I'm starting over, doesn't it? <laughs> Number one, <laughs> just acknowledge where you are. That's, what, that's, that's the main point, all right? We sometimes think that faith is denying our circumstances. So if, I say, if I'm sick and I say that I'm sick, I've accepted the sickness or the depression or whatever it is we're going through. Faith is not lying about your circumstances. Faith is magnifying the truth over your circumstances. So we have to expose the wound to get healing. Whenever we're unwilling to just admit to ourselves that we're going through something, we're burying it, burying, burying it, and we're, that, that wound festers, it gets infected, and then we're dealing with a much more difficult problem to overcome. You have to expose the wound. Uh, James 5, 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The word confess there just means to get in agreement with have people in your life that you can talk about this stuff with. Yes, I'm going through something. No, I don't have to show up with my church face on because we're real people that in each and every one of us are going through something. Some of it's big, some of it's not as big, but God wants to heal all of it. Okay, so just not pretend like nothing's going wrong. Admit it to certain people. Don't get up here and grab the mic and say, I've been doing really terrible things. No, don't do that. I've had that happen. It's not good. But have people that you trust in your life that you can be honest with. But here's a simple exercise you can do this week. Real practical here at Grace Life Church. Uh, if you want to know what you think about anything, I'll give you a few examples, but you, you figure it out for whatever you however it pertains to you. Get out a pen and paper and write down things like, life is blank. So whatever comes to your mind, don't, don't give the answer you think you're supposed to give. Like, oh, that's amazing. Like, life is hard. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. 
And then if you believe that life is hard, life's going to be hard. If you believe life's like a box of chocolates and you never know what you're going to get, then you're just going to accept everything that's thrown at you. So, so acknowledge where you're at, where you're at. Acknowledge it and see, well, that's my hang up. People treat me blank. They respect me. They disrespect me. They judge me. How you think people treat you is how people are going to start to treat you. But if you're confident in who you are, people will be confident in who you are. I am blank, stressed out, depressed, happy, excited, all of it. I mean, whatever. If it's good, just start writing things down. Parenting is blank. Going to work is blank. And that'll reveal where you are, and then you can start to acknowledge where you are and start to fix the problem. Expose the wound and find the healing. Confess. Get get an agreement. What does God say about it? What does God say about life? What does God say about parenting? What does God say about your relationships? Get an agreement with him. Get involved with, with people and relationships that will help you. Confess your trespasses to one another, and you'll be healed. There's a lot, a lot more to it, but that's where I want us to start with this series. Let's just, where are you today? What have you been seeking after? And you've just been, it's kind of unnecessary. Have you been majoring on minors? Make the main thing the main thing. Make Jesus and a relationship with him the main thing. And this stuff will start to work itself out effortlessly. And the things that are daunting won't be as daunting. I mean, whenever I realize that I'm blessed, whether I, I miss it or I get it right, just, I guess I'll try it, whatever, until I, I figure it out. And that's how we got here. This was a daunting thing, starting a church for someone that doesn't even like church. Here we are, killing it. Let's start washing our brains of some of the lies we've, been, we've convinced ourselves is true. You may have done what they say you've done, but you're not who they say you are. You're not defined by your past mistakes. You're defined by what God says about you, and he says you're blessed, and you, as he is, so are you in this world. You have to see yourself that way before you even start any of the stuff we're going to get into. Amen?